Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Healing Courageously. As I said last last week, this month is National Child Abuse Prevention Month, the whole month of April. So in honor of that, that's what I'm going to be talking about this month. Last last episode, what I talked about was uh, what abuse was and statistics. And I kind of got ahead of myself, talked a little bit a little bit about perpetrators, which is going to be actually the topic of today's um, episode. Now, I know that these 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 topics aren't aren't you know the most sought after type topics, but I I, I want to say this is that they need to be. We really need to start paying attention to this stuff because it's rampant in, in our world. And it's happening right in our own backyard, a lot of times right in our own house, right a lot of times right in our own church. And so we really need to educate ourselves on abuse. Now I'm talking, you know, my main focus has been the sexual abuse of boys, but, you know, in my, my story is sexual, physical, emotional, and spiritual abuse. And I could, like I talked last week, there's two forms of spiritual abuse that, that I talk about all the time. You can look, listen back on last week's episode if you want, and I'll go into that in that episode. But So, and, and all these play um, a big part in the adult life as, 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 as victims get older. Now, there are, there are those who do get, you know, help right away, and they can go on and, you know, pretty much live a, a, a normal life with, with good, with good help at the time that it happens um, they can live a, a, a good life now but the, 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 the problem is there's not a lot of those people that get that I know a few parents that have done that and, and I honor them and it's really made a difference in their children's life so <laughs> excuse me um, let's get right into it alright so again I, I know this isn't your you know probably might not be your favorite topic and that's okay um, I'm glad that you're here. I want you to be here. I want you to hear all this. Um, I'm not talking off the top of my head. Uh, like like I said, I am a survivor, and I've been on the, on a healing journey now for 17 years, and I've done my 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 fair share of therapy, worked with some of the best in the field um, that have mentored me through all this and mentored me into the being a healer. So here we go. So I want to talk first. Like I say, this this episode we're going to talk about perpetrators. Uh, who they are and a few other characteristics about them. Okay, but first let me let me again go into what abuse is. You know what is abuse and abuse of any type occurs when someone has power over another and uses that power to hurt. Physical abuse means that someone exercises physical power over another, causing physical wounds. Sexual abuse means 
that someone exercises sexual power over another, resulting in sexual wounds. And spiritual abuse happens and a lead, when a leader with spiritual authority uses the, that authority to coerce, control, or exploit a follower, thus causing spiritual wounds. And of course, emotional abuse is the same thing when when, when somebody of, of um, stature uses their power and, and destroys you emotionally to try to control you. And and actually, out of all the abuses, um, they're all bad. Don't get me wrong. Every every last one of them are bad are bad abuses. But um, emotional is that one. I, you know, I talked to a lot of people, and they said I would rather have uh, had my my dad hit me or my mom hit me because at least the physical wound will heal or the emotional wounds don't they for a lot of people they never they never uh, they'll never heal again you know but say as parents and as human beings we slip up once in a while we probably say something to somebody we shouldn't have said and as long as you recognize it and make an amends at that point in time don't repeat the behavior over and over then you know it could be a whole different outcome but for a lot of abuse survivors it's not a one-time deal it's a multi-time deal and especially when it comes to emotional abuse if you got a parent that's just constantly putting you down thinking that's going to push you to be better it's doing more damage than good so um, we've got to be careful with the emotional wounds. And real quick on the spiritual abuse, um, because people often ask me, what do you mean by spiritual abuse, Randy? Well, I like it. There's two different kinds. And, and the minute that a child is abused, the spirit of the child is assassinated at that point in time. Immediately, the spirit of the child has been assassinated. And it, goes in, it, it retreats and it goes into hiding. And so the child then has to step in and become protective of the inner child. In essence, what's happened is a child that should be allowed to be a child, go out and play, have fun, do all that different stuff, they never get a chance to do that because they're so busy playing an adult to their broken child, protecting themselves. It's I think it's a, it's an innate survival skill that God gives us, right? Because we'll, we'll do whatever we have to do to protect ourselves. You know, I, I had a therapist that I worked with one time, and she said this to me, and I, I use this all the time, and she did some EMDR work on me, and at the end she says, you know, Randy, she goes, you've done everything absolutely perfect in your life. I go, what? You've done everything absolutely perfect in your life because you're sitting here talking to me today. We have to look at, look at it that way. We did what we had to do to survive. And I could have done one thing different. And, I, and I, you know, believe me, I was getting beat enough to where I should have been killed anyways, but I could have done one thing different or said one thing wrong to my stepfather. And I might not be here. So we can't beat ourselves up for doing what we, what we had to do to protect ourselves. Now, once you jump into, into some form of recovery, right, it, it, you know, for me, it's like, this This ain't working no more. I, I can't live this way. I got a family. I, got a business. I can't keep living this way. So I, I had to make a choice. I knew what I was doing was wrong. God just gave me the conviction, right? And then so I, that's when I, I joined, I um, went into my journey of recovery. And then from that point forward, I had two choices, not just one. Go play victim or put my head down and pray and work towards recovery. And of course, the other one is naturally, you know, 
a pastor trying to coerce you. You can't come to church wearing long hair like that. You can't come to church wearing a dress like that. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, all right? And if the Bible's everything, and the Bible's a book of life, then you, all, all you got to say is show it to me in the Scripture. doesn't matter who you are. If you're coming to church, you're, you're coming to worship God. He doesn't care what you got on. I mean, we have to be decent. I understand how, but... So anyways, that's that's a, what abuse is, and the spiritual abuse is, you know, it's, it's actually out of all the abuses that I had, it, it was the one that left that had left the deepest scars in my life, and I'm still struggling, even after 17 years, they're coming to the surface um, a lot right now, but I recognize it and I understand it, so I can, I can work towards healing that part of me as well, okay? So let's get right into, um, uh, like I said, I know I went through some of these yesterday, or I'm sorry, in my last episode, okay? But I'm going to go ahead and start where um, these are on PowerPoint I have that I share with a lot of different people. Now, I want to, I want to, I'm going to use these, these numbers that I have here, and I want to just say this about sexual abuse statistics or abuse statistics, period, over the board. They're all over the place. There's no consistency in anything that I have been able to find. And I've done a lot of work specifically um, specifically on the sexual abuse victims. And there's just, I mean, it's so inconsistent, it's unreal. So I've just kind of gathered what, what I, the best information I can. I've used my um, experience that I've, that from working with people the last 16 years in the field, so 16 years in the field, used, used what, they, what I've learned from them talking some of the, the, the statistics, gathered all this information. And a lot of it um, is directly from different different places, but I just want to let you know that. So um, don't, be, don't be surprised if you hear something different than what I'm quoting you, but these are ones that are used all over the place, okay? So at first, <clears throat> who are the perpetrators? And, and <laughs> hold on to your pants on the first one right, because you're going you're gonna to be surprised, okay? 93% of juvenile sexual assault victims know their perpetrator. 93% know their perpetrator. Okay? 34.2% of perpetrators were family members. 58.7% were acquaintances. And only 7% were strangers to the victim. Okay, so the stranger, yeah, 7%. That's not the issue. It's family members and friends that you got to worry about. Mine was my stepfather and my mother. I don't, she wasn't sexual abuse. She was complicit in it because she never reported it, but she was the one that instigated a lot of my uh, physical abuse. So, and a lot of the, the men that have been in groups that I've been in, a lot of the men I've talked to, I mean, even girls, I mean, I was telling some stories today to somebody that was interested in this about some people that are some girls that I talked to at the uh, a facility out here and, and it's just the fathers the fathers are, are just they're brutal I mean family members are not safe as safe as we might think they are right? and you talk about about you know acquaintances or friends and you know I want to I want to touch on this because Look at a, a baseball field, a soccer field, you know, for, for youth sports, any kind of youth sports. And, and, you know, there might be some guys hanging around there that just like to watch, you know, baseball. And some, you know, some adults are perfectly innocent wanting want to do that. But uh, that's where perpetrators will hang out a lot. 
And that's where they'll start their grooming. They'll sit there and they'll watch certain kids, right? And they'll go around and, and they got this plan that they do. And they find a kid that dad's never around, right? And so somehow they, they get in there, they get to know whoever's bringing them. They just simply become friends with them. It's just nothing but a friendship. And, you know, that the kid starts liking him because he's always at the ball games there. And, and it could, this could even be a cousin or an uncle or whatever, right? And this goes on for a while. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. The, the perpetrators, I hate, I, I want to say it, they're extremely smart because they'll take the time to groom you as a parent or, or guardian as well as the child. I mean, that's my stepfather groomed me for over a year. Waited till my dad died. I was a vulnerable kid, and that's when he started. So these, these, these perpetrators will do that. And they'll become friends. They'll, they'll, you know, you might take them to, um, you might take them out to, you know, ice cream afterwards or whatever, you know, go to the pizza party with them. Your mom earns your trust and so on and so forth. And the next thing you know, a year down the road, maybe two years down the road, it doesn't happen right away. They go on a camping trip. You've earned the trust. Yeah, go ahead. Go camping and fishing, man. You know, something that you need to do as a child. And that's when things start getting nasty. So be really aware of who that who your children are hanging around, please. Right? Know them. And, and, and you know, single moms that bring, bring home men have a higher chance of their children being molested than, than married couples. Okay? So just... Just be aware, 93% of juvenile sexual assault victims know their perpetrator. 34.2% of the perpetrators were family members and 58.7% were acquaintances. And only 7% were strangers. That's 7% still a high number in my, in my book. Okay? Offenders are overwhelmingly male, ranging in age from adolescence to elderly. I'm sorry, the, the first statistic I gave you came from Megan's Law and Crime Victim Center. This is from the National Center for Victims of Crime. Offenders are openly, overwhelmingly male, ranging in age from adolescent to elderly. Okay. Nearly 70% of, um, nearly 70% of offenders have, have between one and nine victims. So 70% perpetrators have between one and nine victims at least 20 percent have 10 to 40 victims okay and that that those numbers are taken from Elliot uh, and Brown and Kilcoin sexual child sexual abuse prevention what offenders tell us child abuse and neglect okay that's you know I, I found out here just recently that my stepfather was pretty much a, a material molester. I don't know exactly how many people he molested, but he did molest his two of his other grand, grandsons. I know that, um, and I don't know who else. So it's generally just not, you know, the one child. I, I guarantee you that. Because the average child molester may have as many as 400 victims in his lifetime. That's a lot. That's a lot. And this is the one that surprises people, and they, you get funny looks, and it's like, no, you're crazy. They can't. It, it's estimated that women are the abusers, and about 14% of the case responded. 
you know, it, it's like that's one that draws a lot of attention. How can I mean? You know, they go, it might happen, right? Dad gives him a high five. That's my boy. You big old stud. He's the, he's the king of the neighborhood. They all high fiving him. But if you take the time to talk to some of these people, some of these men that were molested or raped or whatever you want to call it as teenagers or adolescents, okay, they're messed up bad. And that, that incident is a one they will tell you messed them up. And one kid, to the two hot girls in the neighborhood, he was walking down the street and they grabbed him, put him in the garage, tied him to the table, and they had, they had their way with him. He was scared to death. A lot of these guys don't want nothing to do with women anymore. So we need to be aware of all this. And I know you don't want to hear it. And you might be going, come on, Randy. No, this is the truth. I'm not going to get it here and put a bunch of garbage on there just because, you know, I feel like, you know, we need to do something. We do need to do something. But this is truth. This is what's really going on, okay? It's going on in Hollywood. It's going on in our government. It's going on everywhere. It's going on next door to you. It could be going on in your own home. I pray to God that it's not, but it could be. And this is the one that, you know, people would like to argue with me a lot on this one. All right. Most men who molest little boys are not gay. I want you to understand that. And man, I tell you what, some people look at me, there's no way that a man's going to molest a boy unless they're gay. They're not gay. you got to understand this. This. The sex has, is not it. It's all about power. It's not about sex. It's about the power over the victim. Remember this, that hurt people hurt people. Okay? Hurt people hurt people. Only 21% of the child molesters that we studied who assault little boys were exclusively homosexual. Nearly 80% of the men who molested little boys were, were uh, heterosexual and most of these men were married and have their own children. And that is from Abel G, 1987, August, the child abuser. How can you spot him? Okay. Most of the men are married with their own children. Man, that's sad. I, I listened to, uh, you know, the, I, the, to, 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 to the girls I listened to at this facility I talked to one day, I walked out of her tears in my eyes. Like, you got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. But I knew they weren't because I could hear it in their voice. And it was sad. Both their dads had raped them. It's, it's more common than you think it is, believe it or not. And, I, and I'm sorry to say that. I think, the, you know, last week I told you statistically one in three girls and one in four boys will be sexually abused before the age of 18. And I, and I believe from what I've seen out there, it's, it's, those are numbers aren't correct. It's like more like one or two straight across the board. So be aware. So an abuse perpetrator is anyone who purposely causes harm to another or allows for harm to be done to another. Perpetrators of abuse can be the abuser in domestic violence situations, or they may be parents or caregivers who are causing harm to their children. Perpetrators of, of, um, perpetrators of abuse might also apply to individuals who abuse 
animals, the elderly, and the disabled. So anybody that perpetrates, you know, harm on, on people, they're, they're, they're an abuser. You need to understand that. I don't think a lot of people do. I mean, <clears throat> I was listening to the news today, and, and there was a doctor, and he, and he, he said he was put in Washington D.C. And, and I don't like to get political, but this was this is what I'm talking about. Washington D.C. and the doctors, right, that perform any of the any of these people who perform surgeries on women that disfigure them or cause them harm, you're on, you're gonna be we're coming after you, and you're gonna be charged with child abuse because they're doing these surgeries without parents' consent. So even doctors can be abusers, perpetrators. So it, it's, we really have to educate ourselves on this. And, and, you know, don't be blind to what the government's telling us all the time. They're going to tell us what you want to hear. Do your own research. I mean, for God's sake, some of the people in the government are the most, are, are some of the biggest pedophiles that there are. Okay. So characteristics of abuse perpetrators include the following. I won't go through them all. There's, there's quite a few here. Um, one is low self-esteem or, or self-concept, believing themselves to be worthless and unlovable. So what that tells me right there is they were probably, they were probably brought up in a home that abused them. All right, number one. Because most of the time, if you're being abused as a child, you're going you're gonna to feel worthless. You're going to have a very low self-esteem of yourself. Because parents aren't building you up. They're tearing you down all the time. Hurt people hurt people. you got to remember that. And all they're trying to do is they're taking their pain out on somebody else. Happened to me. I'm okay, they think. What's the big deal? Yeah, well, you're not okay. Uh, a lot of times they'll think that solving problems with violence is okay. You can listen to me. I'll just slap the crap out of you. I'm your dad. I'm your mom. Listen to what I tell you to do. If you don't want to listen to me, then you're going to pay the price. And it's not, it's not going to feel good. Violence. Violence begets violence. Come on. Just because it was done to you. See, yeah, I, I, there's a guy in a treatment center, and I, I, I've told the story before, but I'm going to repeat it because it's worth repeating. That I was talking about abuse, <clears throat> and this guy goes, well, man, I was abused by my old man, and I'm good. I says, hmm. So you just got out of a two-year stint in prison. Now you're in a drug rehab facility. You want to rethink your answer, maybe? He says, I'll tell you what, if you're willing, let's go on a little adventure. If you don't want to, you don't have to. I'm not going to make you do it. I, I, that's not what I do. I'm not going to make you do it. <clears throat> it says, go back to when your dad was doing that to you. Yeah, well, we go. if you want to do this, fine. If you don't, just tell me no. I, I, we'll, we'll drop it. So he went back. I go... How did it feel when, how did it make you feel when your dad was beating you and calling your names all the time? 
you just kind of, he just sunk in his chair and hit him. It's like, no, man, I, I, I didn't. I go, all right. So you want your child to feel that way? He said, no. I said, okay, so you got some work to do, okay? A lot of times we don't think it affects us, but it does. Um, perpetrators are very controlling, right? Very, very controlling, impulsive. Um, they have an explosive temper or uh, easily angered. I, I mean, not all of them. I know that. I mean, everybody's different. But, man, that's all this is explaining my stepfather to me. He had an explosive violent anger. I mean violent anger. Have problems with excessive annoyance, explosive temper, or becoming easily angered. Again, my stepfather was that way. Often moody, meaning happy and nice one moment, and then erupting in anger the next. I mean, you, you, this is describing my stepfather perfectly. And even my mother to some degree. Abuse perpetrators, perpetrators also sometimes blame others for their negative emotions and problems. Well, if you just want to get me so angry, Randy, I want to have to beat the crap out of you. It's not my fault. I didn't do anything. You're dealing with your own demons. This is this is really good. Have unrealistic expectations of the victim to meet their own emotional or physical needs. So I can tell you this about my stepfather. Is he had... He had one one son. He had two sons and a daughter too. There was twins, and then the oldest son. Well, he was in Vietnam. He was a great guy. Yeah, he came back and he was okay. Um, he died a couple about four years ago with that Agent Orange. Unfortunately, he got that cancer that Agent Orange was, was causing. Then he had he had a, a twin. One was the daughter. One was the son. And the son, right, was a hippie. Right. And, you know, he's gotten back in the, late, the early 70s, late 60s. And I was cool. I mean, you know, he's, he was a great guy back there. But he would take my his anger out toward uh, uh, about his son. And I witnessed this countless times. I knew that if, if we were on a job or somewhere and his son pissed him off, then I was going to take the, the brunt of it, right? So he was always blaming you know, me for the negative emotions when uh, a lot of times it wasn't me. Makes threats of violence. Yeah, if he made a threat, it generally was, <laughs> he was doing it. He generally was doing it. Um, and again, you know, I'm talking a lot about my story here. Which, which, because I've been there, I've been in the shoes of all this, but I've also talked to hundreds of men over the last 17 years, and it's no different for them. I mean, that's the beauty about you know, when you get together with a group of men that have gone through this, you realize, just like in Alcoholics Anonymous, you realize you're not alone. And, and I thought, especially when it comes to abuse, that I was the only one that this was happening to. They have a history of childhood, physical, emotional, verbal, or sexual abuse. That's my mother and my stepfather both. I didn't know it at the time, but you know, I learned it much later on after I got in recovery and I'd forgiven them and everything. Uh, I have substance abuse issues. 
Um, yeah, my, my stepfather was an alcoholic. Become overly angry and emotional after drinking or using drugs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not drugs, but he was a drinker. Uh, humiliate the victim in front of others. Oh my God, my stepfather would humiliate me to death in front of people. That's all. That's how he got his kicks, I believe. So those those are some some traits of, of you know that you can look for in perpetrators. Okay, now there's a lot of people that will have some of those characteristics out there. It doesn't automatically mean that they're a perpetrator. Now I, I got to back up because they're definitely perpetrating, especially if they're embarrassing a child in front of or anybody in front of other people. That's emotional abuse. So they're definitely perpetrating abuse, right? And I think I think what happens is is that we we look at this stuff and it's like, oh, come on, man, it ain't that bad. Well, how, how do you know? Or maybe maybe you're a person that got emotionally abused all your life and you just kind of like suck it up and be a man or suck it up and be a woman, pull your boot you know pull your bootstraps up and just go on, forget about it. But that's you. That's not the person that you might be talking with. You gotta understand that. You gotta, I mean, this is where bravery comes into into play, right? I mean, I can't remember his name. But I, I wrote it down. Um, but I can't remember. He was it was a football player, ex football player. He just he just re resigned because of some mental health issues. And he said this. He goes, maybe bravery is just being honest. What are the greatest act of bravery is just being honest especially when we're suffering. I don't care who you are, man, woman, or child. Or, I don't care. You have a right to talk about how you feel. It's how you feel. It's, it's how you get through through your emotions and feelings when you have somebody else you can talk to that's going to understand you. Because what happens is we hold on to this crap for all of our life as victims of any kind of abuse. We keep suppressing and keep pressing and keep suppressing and suppressing. And then we might be out having a good time one night, having one too many cocktails. The next thing you know, you're just tearing into everybody that you know. So those characteristics, all, all sorts of different abuse. Okay, so... Um, and I got most of the, I got those from, um, uh, I, I, I'm on a website called caepv.org. I, I don't even know how to pronounce that. So, um, and some, and so it was, a, it was a legitimate source and it fits my stepfather perfectly and my mom. One more here. And then, um, adults who abuse or neglect children usually will share several of the following general characteristics number one isolation in general perpetrators are physically and emotionally isolated from family friends neighbors and social groups and a lot of times that isolation right <clears throat> can come because more than likely they were abused in one way shape or form themselves because it's all learned behavior right and <clears throat> a lot of times most of the time, uh, victims of, of abuse 
they will isolate because they feel dirty, they feel tainted, they don't feel like if you knew behind the veil of what I put up, you know, <laughs> you knew behind the veil of my house and, and everything I've got, if you saw behind that veil, you wouldn't like me. So they don't know how, they, they got to protect that as much as they can, so they'll be isolated. They got low self-esteem. Many, many of these adults perceive themselves as bad, worthless, or unlovable. I mean, it's, it goes back to the same thing. Where, where, where did they get these feelings from? It was just, it's learned behavior. It was put on them by somebody. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, football coach, whoever. Right? Because we're not born thinking that I'm worthless. That's not who we are. Lack of knowledge about parenting. Right? Okay. That, that, that's, who were your parents? What, who did you have modeling you as, as, as parents? How did your parents parent you? Or did they? So you, you're just doing what you believe is the right way because that's how you were raised. And nobody's ever showed you another way of being parented. Look, it took me 38 years. I was 49 when I got into recovery and, and started realizing <laughs> I knew I was doing stuff wrong, but I didn't know how to change. But when I started making the changes, my life changed. My, my, my family life is unbelievable. My kids adore me, respect me. My wife loves and adores me. It's not your fault. What is your fault is if you don't do anything about it when you have choices. You can do something about it. I guarantee it. Immaturity, impulsive behavior, using the infant uh, to satisfy one's own emotional or physical needs, the, the constant desire of, for change are just some of the characteristics, features of immaturity, which hinder the correct bringing, up, bringing of a child. So it's just our, you know, immaturity as a parent. So, you know, <clears throat> lack of knowledge about parenting, right, and then couple that with the immaturity that a lot of us, you know, went into at a young age, it's going to cause some problems. But, but again, if you don't know, there's people out there that will show you the loving way to raise your children. I, I, didn't want, I, I did not want my kids to hate me like I hated my stepfather and my mom. I, I didn't want that. And so I treated them the best way that I knew how, right, and it, you know, the last couple of years of my addiction, it was it was tough. But my kid, they, they all tell me now that, Dad, you're a great dad. Yeah, you have some issues. That's okay. We love you. You support us. You're always there for us. Okay. So, what causes parents to abuse their children? Um, <clears throat> this is a good one to know. As with all forms of abuse, one of the primary reasons an abuser becomes abusive is because he or she was once abused themselves. Adding to that, the stress and helplessness that can overcome a parent can contribute to abusive tendencies. A parent who is not getting enough time or adequate self-care or has not been taught how to appropriately and consistently discipline a child is at added risk for developing abusive tendencies. Substance abuse and addictions can be the root cause of simply exasperate or simply exasperate the problem. 
again, it goes back to what kind of parenting were you, were you modeling? Were your parents abusive to you? I mean, I've talked to countless people that, you know, were in the same shape I was in. Say, so I don't, I don't want to be like my stepfather or my father. I don't want to be like my mom or my father. But here I am, just like them. I'm like, well, then change it. Let's change it. It, it can change. And, and the, the important thing is to learn from all this, okay, that whatever you learn, you know, what did you really learn about it? Take, you know, there's some good in there that you can learn. I mean, even the most wicked parents in the world, what did you learn from them? You know, I mean, did you learn how not to parent your children? Then do something about it. Change, right? You know, it's like we want to we want to look at all the negative as as children as adults into our childhood, and the, you know, there's a lot of it, okay. But the reality is, is like when I look at my own life, and I'll talk about myself. I grew up on the beach. I surfed every day. So I got in high school. It was before school, after school. Week, I was surfing all the time. It was a great. I mean, I I grew up on the beach. I was a lucky guy. I love the beach. But I was being brutally abused at the same time. And so I had my escapes that I could go to. I had, back in the 70s, Dana Point wasn't built up. So I could go up in the hills and just chill on the foxtails that when I sat down would come up to my shoulders and take my dog out there and just let the sun bask on my face and the wind blow my hair and I could look at the ocean from San Diego to Long Beach and just chill up there. I could go out surfing and where I was safe and just oftentimes I wouldn't go home until well after dark. I didn't want to go home. I wasn't safe at home. So there's always something that we can take away from everything that's happened to us. I'm not saying it's good, but learn from it. And then, and then finally, right? If, if substance evolve, if substance abuse is involved, of course, that's got to go away. First of all, you shouldn't be using substances around your children whatsoever. It distorts your thinking. Period. Say what you want to me, all right? But weed, medical marijuana, whatever you want to say. No. You're not right-minded. You're not right-minded when you're high or drunk. Period. And then finally, Columbia University's National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse published a report in the substance abuse was cited, in which substance abuse was cited as a factor in at least 70%, now this is Columbia University's National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse, right? Factor at least 70% of all reported cases of child maltreatment in 2005. It's probably worse now, especially after the pandemic we went through. This report also concluded that adults with substance abuse problems are 2.7 times more likely to report abusive behavior toward their own children. Assuming that there are probably that there are probably an even higher incident of those who abuse their children without reporting it. And that's from Columbia University, and this, this is the last couple of things I said is all from child abuse. Stopchildabuse.org. Okay. So I know, like I said, I know this stuff can be kind of hard to grasp and listen to, but it's important that that we we educate ourselves on it. Um, 
you know, I, I do I do help people. That's we got the Courageous Healers Foundation dot org. We work with men and their families, uh, and and also with with women. We're expanding to women to help skill. Can't talk. To help heal the scars from sexual abuse. Okay, and it is like alcohol. It's a family uh, issue as well. It really affects the family. And my my wife. She's she's helping women right now. Uh, she just gave my book to another woman that's reading it, and it just answered this woman's questions. Everything that was in there, she goes, "Now I understand why my husband the way he is." And so she's reached out to my wife for for guidance on how to work with all this. Right? Her words were, "I'm living the life that you lived." All right? So courageoushealers.org, and then also the life my uh, life coaching is changeyourlifestorynow.com. And at the end, there'll be a slide coming up with those two websites on there. But please check them out. Um, I think you can get my free workbook on both of the pages. You just got to click on it, and I'll, it'll guide you how to get that free workbook. And um, and but, so, so for both my books, uh, all three of my books, uh, Healing the Wounded Child, Paperback, Kindle, Audible, 30-Day Devotional to Wholeness is Kindle and Paperback. And then the 7-Day Challenge um, is just Paperback. That's available on Amazon as well. Or you can get that one free on my website, uh, changeyourlifestorynow.com, or on the Creative Healers website. All you got to do is go there. You'll see where it says to click the button, and we'll take you right to the page to get your book, your, your, your workbook. Okay? So, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. I do have a, a little bonus one coming out this week. Um, not, not It's off topic from this. So, just a, a little break between here and the next one. Okay, so we will see you on the next episode where we continue this little adventure on Child Abuse Prevention Month. I promise you it's going to be enlightening for you if it already hasn't been. Okay? Remember that if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does, but more importantly, God does. Be blessed, everybody. Have a great week, uh, great morning, great afternoon, great great day, whatever, wherever you're at, whatever part of the day it is. Just enjoy your, yourself. And remember, make sure you tell your loved ones every day, I love you and I'm proud of you. All right, buddy, be blessed. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does.